0: To be able to take it to that next level, that's what I'm excited about. Mills quick
1: pass, Nico at the 5, Nico in the end zone, the dagger! And
2: Grenard with the sack, back at the 25-yard line. Touchdown,
0: Houston! Rock and roll! Tremont Smith, coast to
3: coast. There is no off-season for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All-Access.
0: Oh, yes, it is. Hello, Texans. Mark Vandermeer with you with John Harris. It's Thursday night, and you know what that means, the general. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle joining us as we talk about everything involving the Texans, the NFL, life in general. It's the 50th anniversary of the Godfather as well, which makes me feel a little bit ancient, but we don't have to get into that right now just yet. It's just something to note. Anyway, good evening, gentlemen. Let's start with this, John McClain. We didn't get a chance to catch up last week after all the goings-on, the trade, all of it, everything going on with the Texans as far as what the acquisitions are draft pick-wise, the signings, the re-signings. Where do you think they are at right now as we are getting closer to the draft a little over a month from now?
1: I believe there's guys that uh, Nick Casario somehow magically – made an extra four pull come out of thin air and turned a six that was supposed to go to cleveland i'm sorry a five that was supposed to go to cleveland in 2024 into a six that's nick the magician and i had my theory about how he was able to pull that off but i think now with six draft choices including the first and 13th picks 37th pick five of the top 80 two more in the in the Fourth round, I'm pretty sure, and I know you guys are too, he's not going to sit on his hands while uh, all these picks come off the board when they're supposed to. I don't know if he'll trade the third overall pick or the 13th overall pick or both of them, but I do do know this. I don't think he wants 11 or 12 rookies on the team, draft choices. And if you put them on the practice squad, uh, I think other teams now, when they see what Casario did last season, that if they say they saw Roy Lopez, a sixth-round pick, uh, going on the practice squad, I think now they say, hey, they know what they're doing. I'm going to claim that guy, or I'm going to sign that guy off the practice squad. So I think we'll see him doing what he did with Nico Collins. We'll see him giving up some picks to move up in the rounds. And I think also, you know, this is not a two-phase rebuild. I think it's going to be a three-phase. So I think he will package – say this year, maybe he gives up a three and a four for a two next year, gives up a four and a five for a three next year. But I'm pretty sure he'll be thinking about next year. Everything Casario's done since he's got here, he's thinking three years ahead, which is the maximum. And I like that because he knows that he's not going to go out and turn it around in one or two off seasons. Jacksonville, which was in a race to win March to sell tickets, and to get people fired up after the fiasco of Urban Meyer last year, they spent a lot of money. And if you want free agents to come to Jacksonville, you got to overpay, and they did. And I think Casario's been very smart about the way he's handled free agency. And remember, he brought up more than $100 million, uh cap room next year. So I think next year they'll be ready to contend again in 2023, and we'll see him get better, more high-priced free agents to come here.
2: General, one thing that sort of developed after the trade was this national media narrative versus the local media narrative, whereas the national guys were like, wow, how did Nick Casario sort of pull this off, versus local guys like, wait, man, he should have gotten way, way more than this. As you kind of watch that unfold, and you think back to when the first time we found out about Deshaun wanting a trade, to the legal situation, to where it ended up. How do you encapsulate everything that's pretty much happened in the last 14, 15 months?
1: Well, on my let's see, six cities I do weekly talk shows in, most of them have asked me what I thought about what he got. And I said, well, there's numbskulls out there and think he could have gotten more. And I've had him send in, uh, to my mailbag. I did a special one Monday, just turned in another one for tomorrow, saying he should have gotten more. I said, okay, how? How is he going to get it? There was only one way he was going to get it. Say Carolina, so we'll give you five ones and your choice of two defensive starters. And he takes Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin. Okay, Deshaun, you're going to Carolina. No, I'm not. They're not offering $230 million guaranteed. I'm going to Cleveland or nowhere. So then – uh, Casario's only alternative is to tell Watson and his agent, David Mulligata, okay, Cal McNair and Anna McNair and Janice McNair have told me, if we have to pay you $35 million to be inactive for 17 games like we did last season when you made 10.54, we'll do it. I mean, we gave – he can't say we gave. They gave Brock Osweiler $37 million for one year. And so it's no big deal to the McNair's because they always spend money. So you call his bluff, and he's like, eh, okay. But if he didn't, and he had to sit out again, I think after two years, his he his he wouldn't have brought as much. Plus, you know, Scioscia needed what he's getting from Cleveland to put in on phase two of the rebound re, the, of the rebuild, and so he's got it now. And so I think he handled that as well as he possibly. Could. Could have handled it. People saying, well, he had yeah, he had one end tied behind his back. No, he had two. He couldn't trade him anywhere but Cleveland unless, say there were a tie. And Watson said, Oh, okay, I don't care, Atlanta or Cleveland, you pick Nick. Well that wasn't gonna happen because he's going where he got the two thirty mil. And there's people out there trying to spin it like, Oh, he woke up on Friday morning and said I want to win the Super Bowl. What, he didn't want to win the Super Bowl before? <laughs> Cleveland was eliminated first, and he there's a story that he was trying to recruit Jarvis Landry and Leonard Fournette on Thursday night to come to Atlanta so they could have some weapons. And then Friday, Cleveland, based on what I read in Cleveland, when when uh, Mayfield issued that trade demand and started pouting, that that was the best thing to happen to Watson because the Browns were like, Oh, man, Baker's such a pain in the butt. Anyway, he's going to be even worse. What can we do? Well, let's offer 230 mil guaranteed.
0: That's right. They made him an offer he couldn't refuse. 50th anniversary of the Godfather. I worked it in. There it is.
1: I set you up for that one. (laughs) All
0: right. So, uh, and I think the offer or the reported offers from Carolina were a little bit out of whack because – I didn't think they would give up two starters, three ones, two twos, and a partridge in a pear tree. I think I stole that from Seth, by the way. Uh, I didn't think they would do that and not be willing to guarantee years three and four. If you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. General, no indictment from the Brazoria County grand jury today. And that's a story because, obviously, if there was an indictment, that's going to be a big deal for the Cleveland Browns and their new quarterback. It will affect them on the field, and that's where I'm going with this. If there's a suspension of any kind, and the likelihood would have increased uh, with an indictment or being on the, uh, the on the list, the commissioner's list. Exempt list. Exempt list. Exempt list. Thank you very much. But with none of that going down right now, what do you think ultimately happens here with possible suspensions, does a suspension happen before the resolution of the civil suits? Uh, can it happen that way? Will they have to wait until after these suits are resolved one way or another? What do you think there?
1: If I'm the Browns, and I said, look, Deshaun, we'll give you $230 million guaranteed, more than any player in history. It's not even close. But we want you to guarantee us that you're going to put this behind you that you are going to reach settlements with your accusers so we can move on. We don't want this to be a distraction. We don't want our media calling the plaintiffs and having stories with assorted details of their allegations playing up here. So I I think they had to have done that. And even though Rusty Harden says, and Tony Busby too, they're not going to settle. They said that before, and they scrambled to settle before the Miami trade until they couldn't get the last four, and you know because he's now making all that money, any settlements is going to cost him more, but they have to put it behind them for the good of the franchise, and so I'd just be shocked, and then Goodell, if he suspends Zeke Elliott six games reduced to four for pulling a woman's top down at a public event, here we have 22 civil suits, and we have two others not part of the civil suits, but allege the same thing that's illustrated. I think and with so much pressure coming from around the country that Goodell will want to flex his muscles. It wouldn't surprise me if it's not six or eight and then reduced by two, and that would be great for the Texans because the more he's out and the more Jacoby Brissett has to play, the more... Better chances they have of losing and making that draft choice in 2023 higher, like it is this year. But then after that, he should be free and clear. And then you can't expect those la- the last number one to be anything, any hot, a high pick. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to miss at least six games, and Brazette will start there, and then he'll come back. And whatever the plaintiffs are hoping, if I if they want to settle, I hope he settles, because I've read those lawsuits multiple times, and as I tell everybody, there are some sordid allegations in there. He's innocent, until proven guilty, but it's it's still it's still just uh, boggles my mind uh, some of the things that I read. The accusation doesn't mean they're true, but there sure are a lot of them, and I know the Browns and the people up there wanted to be behind him
2: general with Deshaun's decision it set off this chain of events if you will even though he didn't go to Atlanta of course things sort of deteriorated with Matt Ryan ending up now in Indianapolis with Deshaun going to Cleveland it puts Baker Mayfield right in the crosshairs the Colts said nah the Seahawks they think are investigating if you were a betting man which I don't know if you are or you aren't Where do you think Baker Mayfield goes, and is he going to be a starting quarterback in 2022?
1: I believe this. If I'm Mayfield, I call Pete Carroll and John Schneider, and I say I'll fly out there on my own to meet with you guys. I'll sign anything you want because I want to play with wide receivers DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and your new tight end, Noah Fant, number one pick in 2019. It came from Denver. And you've re-signed with Chad Penny who averaged 232 yards rushing over the last five games, second most in that period to Jonathan Taylor. I want to play for your offense. I want to help you go back to the Super Bowl. I won't try to get an extension and just give me a year to prove myself. That's what I do. Now, say Carolina he went there. They're not going anywhere. He's not going to make them. They might win a couple more games, but No. And if I'm him, I'm trying to go to a team that needs a quarterback, Seattle. I don't buy all the Drew Locke BS that's coming out in the media. Well, the Seahawks, Pete Carroll really likes Drew Locke. And uh, maybe he does, but I'm guessing he doesn't. And Mayfield kind of has a Pete Carroll type attitude. You know, Pete has had players there. They can rock the boat as much as they want as long as they win. And you remember two seasons ago, in 2020, Mayfield helped the Browns get to the divisional round of the playoffs, and he threw for almost 4,000 yards in Cleveland on Lake Erie. Imagine what he could do in a stadium that didn't have wind blowing every day.
0: Interesting. General, with the acquisition of Matt Ryan to the Colts, never mind the Carson Wentz Colts, Will this version of the Colts be better than the 2020 Colts with Phillip Rivers? That team went 11-5, and second in the division, went to the playoffs, lost to Buffalo by three. Is this a better Colts team with a 37-year-old at the time the season starts, Matt Ryan, than the Rivers Colts?
1: Why do we think he had such a mediocre season? 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, a 90 rating, one of the worst among starting quarterbacks. He gets sacked a lot. I've heard he goes down a lot easier now than he did. Is I'm guessing because Julio Jones was gone, Calvin Ridley was out with mental health, dealing with mental health issues, and, and all he had was a rookie, Kyle Pitts, tied in, a great player, and then his best receiver, Russell Gage, is signed with Tampa Bay. So was it because of the talent or was his performance starting to diminish with age? But he should be happy as could be because he has Jonathan Taylor. He had nobody other than Pitts with that offense. And they had a they have a good offensive line. They had some injuries. They lost a couple of players, but it's still good. And I don't blame him wanting to go there. Baker Mayfield wanted to go there. If I'm any player, I would have – quarterback, I would have wanted to go there. But mm-hmm. I don't think – like the Texans lost twice to Carson Wentz. And I don't think – uh the Texans can't lose any more to, to Matt Ryan than they lost to Carson Wentz. So I just don't, I haven't seen Ryan do anything, you know, big time like he used to. Now, maybe it's a talent. Maybe it'll all change. They'll use, well, they can't use a first round pick. They don't have one. I don't even know if they've got a two. I know they got a three. But, uh, and they have a little talent at receiver. Jack Doyle retired at tight end, but, I don't see them being better, but maybe with Matt Ryan, if they have to go to Jacksonville to clinch a playoff spot, they won't choke like dogs.
2: Oh, they might choke like dogs again. They just can't beat Jacksonville Jacksonville, which is weird. It's one of the weirder ones in the NFL that Indianapolis cannot beat the Jags down at Duval County. Uh, John, big news out of Kansas City. The 2023 NFL draft will be held in Kansas City, April 27th through the 29th of 2023. Massive news out of Kansas City. Uh, and, oh, by the way, they traded Tyreek Hill. Your thoughts?
1: I think, number one, uh, Tua to tonga Valoa doesn't like to throw deep. it's not who he is, but he'll throw a lot of crossing routes. And then while he's injured, somebody, I don't even know who their backup is, But Tungvalu has been hurt every year he's played football. So at some point, odds are he's going to get hurt again. And they gave up more for him than than the Raiders did to get Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams, I think, will help the Raiders in the NFL's toughest division more than uh, Tyreek Hill is going to help the Dolphins because you got to have a quarterback. I I saw so many things after Adams left uh, Green Bay about how bad it was going to be for Rodgers. They were 7-0 and without Adams. and They averaged 31 points a game. And he won a Super Bowl before Adams ever even got there. People act like receivers make quarterbacks. No. Most of the time, quarterbacks make receivers, unless you're DeAndre Hopkins or Larry Fitzgerald. There's always receivers out there that do a great job with mediocre quarterbacks. But I don't think people predicting doom for the, Chiefs offense Andy Reid's not stupid they know what they're doing as long as they got Mahomes they're going to be a Super Bowl contender and I don't think Miami's a Super Bowl contender just and, and I don't think they're a serious playoff contender because the conference is so hard do you think if Watson could have got 230 million from every team he would have gone to Cleveland hell no he would have gone home to Atlanta
0: General, the USFL's about to start up, which is basically the spring league with old USFL uniforms, but I'm here for it. That's okay. They're going to wear the Breakers uniforms, and I was a Boston Breakers guy because I had one of those windows that overlooked the field where they played at historic Nickerson Field in Boston, formerly known as Braves Field. I digress. General, overtime rules, different. They've got the 4th and 12 instead of the onside kick. That option for the offense different they're having a pi change so defensive pass interference will be a 15 yard penalty unless it's a tackle something really egregious i don't know exactly how they're going to officiate that but it'll be interesting what are your thoughts on some of these rules suggestions and changes implementations for the usfl
1: you're kidding right (laughs) <laughs> I don't give a rat. You know what about the USFL? I don't know anything they're I'll doing. I'll tell you why you should. And I'll John, tell you why you should. if John is sitting right there next to you, I think he needs to make sure that you sleep with the fishes.
0: No, hang on. Oh, my. That, I love this. All right, wait, hang on a second. I'm going to point something out here. The USFL in the 80s was using two-point conversions when the NFL was not. They were using the red challenge flag when the NFL was not. And the NFL adopted those things. One if not more of these rules, are coming into the league, baby. Mark my words, and I'll bet you lunch, General.
1: Well, I bet you're right, because I don't know anything about him, and I don't care anything about him. <laughs> I'd rather talk about the Godfather than the U.S. Okay, let's do it. All let's I know it. is Kevin Sundland is, the, is the, the coach here, and Jeff Fisher is the coach at Michigan, and that's all I know. All right, Sorry. General
0: – and by the way, every, everybody's playing in Birmingham. So even though those teams have cities attached to them, they'll never be here.
1: be no, they... kaye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All
0: right, here you go. tell me, is The Godfather the greatest movie ever made or your favorite movie ever made? Where would you put it in the history of filmmaking? It's the 50th anniversary pe- of The Godfather.
1: I ask people this question a lot, whether it's on radio or just sitting around. If you were marooned on an island, you could watch one movie, and that's it all the time. My three choices would be The Godfather 1, The Godfather 2, and Pulp Fiction. And so that's what I think about The Godfather. I think Godfather 1 and 2 are the best movie and sequel in the history of filmmaking.
2: I, all right. I have well, to then- agree. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with, with that. I didn't watch Pulp Fiction for the longest time until Sean Pendergast was like, you have to, or you're not coming back on the show the next day. I watched it. I loved it. It was fantastic. So, General, let's flip it the other way. Because I heard Landry and John doing this, and yeah, maybe it's a hack bit, but we like talking about movies. What's the greatest sports movie there's ever been?
1: Ooh. Well, I would like to say... The rookie, the longest yard remake, Secretariat, <laughs> I knew, I knew Invincible, <laughs> the game plan, but my favorite, and I love sports movies, and they used to be so bad. But in nineteen, I believe seventy-three, the original Brian song with, with oh. James Conn and Billy D. Williams and and uh, playing uh, Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers and the people that remade it. They should have, they should be sleeping with the fishes. They desecrated it. But the original Brian song uh, is one that I have always remembered. It was a movie of the week, and there's been some made better, but that was the first sports movie I saw that tugged on the heart, heart strings. And it was so popular, they made sports movies like that for decades. You know, I would say,
0: Yes, uh, but I've got to see it again, uh, and I understand. I remember seeing it back in the day, and I've never seen it since. So I need to watch Brian's song again.
1: You know, well, let Rocky- me tell y'all something right quick. Okay, uh, right. I don't have time to tell you the whole story. But at the end of that movie, when Brian Piccolo dies, and oh. Gail Sayers asks asks George Halas if he can tell the team because they'd grown real close, and Billy D. Williams as Gail Sayers walks in front of the team and tells him. Brian's dead. I love Brian Piccolo. I was at a Hall of Fame. I am going to tell this story right quick. I was at the Hall of Fame in Canton one year. And uh, 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 let's see, who was it? Ray Nitschke had died and they ran a tribute to him. This was at a private luncheon that only Hall of Famers and people on the committee can go to. And I used to go every year when I went and we're in a room where there's a big luncheon with all the Hall of Famers, and they ran a tribute to Ray Nitschke that ended with his induction on a big screen in Canton. Everybody's crying. Kel Sayers gets up, walks to the front of the room, sits, stands at the podium and says, Ray Nitschke's dead, and uh, I love Ray Nitschke, just like he said about Brian Piccolo in the movie. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting to see her and witness this. And then he talked about how close they'd become through the year, decades, doing things for the Hall of Fame. It just blew me away.
0: We cannot beat that. That is a phenomenal story. <laughs> that Mike is drop, great, General. Out. You don't want yep, to talk yeah.
1: about the USFL some more?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk XFL. <laughs> hey, XFL, XFL owned by The oh, Rock, who is your co-star. Is it co-star? the
1: XFL or the USFL you're talking about?
0: It's the USFL. XFL's yes. next Allegedly. Yeah,
1: I'm a a I'm a fan of the XFL, which we used to have here with the Roughnecks and June Jones went unbeaten. So I'll talk yep. about the XFL next year all you want.
0: Okay, great. Next what? year it's a date.
2: <laughs> XFL XFL All Access is gonna be
1: fantastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a really great show. That's gonna be a all blast. Right. General, what do you have going out of the chronicle?
1: I've got a uh, Brooks Camino's all over the Deshaun Watson stories on our website and the Chronicle tomorrow, and I have a story going Sunday. I wrote a column yesterday about Davis Mills and him as the starter, Kyle Allen as a backup. Sunday, I'm writing about Lovey Smith's first season. Just got rougher and rougher. It's bad enough to play in AFC West. Now he's got to play the Browns and Sean Watson. He looks like he's going to go up twice a year against Aiden Hutchinson and Josh Allen, one of the best pass rush twosomes. And they're going to play Carson Wentz, who beat them twice last season. But the, only, the offshoot of all this is this time next year, phase three of the rebuild, we could be talking about another high drive
0: Phase three. General, thanks so much for joining us, as always.
1: Mark and John, thank you guys very much, as always. And go Gamblers and Cougars.
0: <laughs> go Gamblers. Go Jim Kelly all right tony fitzpatrick our buddy all right coming up on the show we're going to play who's better it involves a little bit of the afc north with you know who uh it'll involve some texans opponents some texans prospects all coming up here on texans all access
3: texans all access continues in a moment
2: what destinations are on your financial checklist a new home a new savings account Whatever it may be, TDECU offers better ways to save and do more with your money. Join TDECU, the official credit union of the Houston Texans.
3: The Houston Texans and Chevron have teamed up with the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Houston and the Houston Food Bank to create the Chevron Market Pantry at the Houston Texans Team Club. The partnership provides food to the local community and is
2: run by team club members and Chevron volunteers. Together, we're helping make Houston a better place to call home.
0: Tom didn't consult mattress
3: firm sleep experts and has been sleeping on the wrong bed. Anyone seen my keys? And his junk sleep is starting to add up. Or my car. As bad as today is,
0: tomorrow will be worse. He'll charge his phone in the toaster.
3: It smells like emojis.
0: No, it smells like junk sleep, Tom. Don't let junk sleep spiral. Mattress Firm sleep experts train over 200 hours to put you on the right mattress. Unjunk your sleep.
1: Go in-store or online at mattressfirm.com today.
3: Texas Children's Hospital is proud to be the official children's hospital of the Houston Texans and local sponsor of Play 60. Getting kids moving for just 60 minutes a day can improve bone health, fitness, brain function, attention, and academic performance. Join us in our commitment to the Houston Texans and Play 60 because at Texas Children's Hospital, everything we do is to ensure your family's future is a healthier one. It's always better to get more than what you were expecting. With Houston Texans season tickets, you get just that, more. Not only will you secure your seat in the stands for every memorable moment at NRG Stadium, you'll also receive benefits all year round, like savings versus individual game tickets, early access to Texans events like draft day and training camp, and more. Join the best fans in the NFL and visit HoustonTexans.com slash tickets slash tickets slash tickets slash tickets. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans.
0: Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, Texans All-Access. Great to have you with us tonight. Thanks to the general for being on. And it's time to play Who's Better. Are you ready, Johnny?
2: Of course I am ready. Let's roll. Why
0: do I even bother asking? Let's go. Yeah, you just got to say. Let's go to the AFC North. Assuming Deshaun Watson plays an entire season, there's no suspension or major injury, who's better? Cleveland or Pittsburgh, Cincinnati or Baltimore. So, Ooh. I know Pittsburgh has Mitchell Trubisky penciled in right now, or Rudolph. Cincinnati, we know who they are. They strengthened the O line. Baltimore, hold up. Hold up, hold up hold what up. did
2: you just did you just say Mason Rudolph instead of Mitchell Trubisky? I, you know, I do You know. lost your mind.
0: I'm not losing my mind. I'm telling you, you never know until you get people out there. But I would think Trubisky would win that job. But. Look, Tomlin had dinner, reportedly, with Malik Willis the other night. I don't know what to make of that. Maybe they had just had a nice meal together. And Baltimore with a healthier Lamar Jackson next year. Your thoughts?
2: Well, Baltimore was the one that stood out. Like, I want to see what Baltimore's going to have coming back. I mean, with a healthy Marquise Brown. Oh, wait there. I'm bearing the lead. With a healthy Lamar Jackson. With a healthy Ronnie Stanley. They signed Morgan Moses. So, the offensive line should I think get back to a pretty high level. Now I still think there's more needed. But JK Dobbins comes back healthy, hopefully. Lamar's back healthy. Ronnie Stanley's back healthy. that's massive. I mean that's the core of the offense uh there in in Baltimore. So that's gonna help. I think Baltimore's the one to watch. I think Cleveland probably takes a step back. And just kinda um You know, regression to the mean, if you will. Yeah. Look, Cleveland's going to be nasty. I don't think there's any any doubt. But there's no Jarvis Landry. There's no OBJ. There is an Amari Cooper. So there's at least that. And I think Amari's going to get a lot of targets. But Cleveland needs a little bit of help. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think, is solid. Cleveland's – I think it's Cleveland and Baltimore. uh, Yeah, Cleveland and Baltimore. Cincinnati's going to be nipping at the heels, of course. But I think it's going to be those two – and it's going to be watching Lamar and Deshaun twice a year. Uh, the, the matchups of Texans-Ravens didn't live up to the billing. But back in 2016, in the year that Clemson won a national championship and Lamar won the Heisman Trophy, those two went at it, at it, in Clemson. I mean, it was a battle. It was mm-hmm. an unbelievable football game. And now that's twice a year. So, of course, 19 and 20 didn't work out very well for the Texans from that standpoint. But we'll see how it works in Cleveland. But, man, Cleveland is just hella talented. I just think Baltimore with that ammunition coming back offensively. I think it's I think it's Cleveland and Baltimore with Cincinnati close. I think Pittsburgh's gonna learn. Eh not gonna happen. And by the way, Mike Tomlin not only had dinner with Malik Willis, he also was in Cincinnati at Cincinnati's Pro Day and had dinner with Desmond Ritter. Who by the way, if Desmond Ritter's sitting there at thirty seven? I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it.
0: Well, he's coming up and Who's Better Tonight, so oh, there you have ah, it. Nice. I like it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, by the way, Kenny Pickett uh, happens to operate in the same city where Tomlin works. I mean, didn't they at least have a sandwich together or something? He's at dinner with these other guys. What about Pickett?
2: Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I, I, you know, I, I've heard that Pittsburgh is more in love with Malik Willis than any of them. That was the, the worst-kept secret at the Senior Bowl. But it could be complete, total smoke screen. They might be uh, on Pickett. It might be one of the Roonies that said, hey, 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 remember in 83 when we kept passing on the kid from Pitt and we passed on him and we passed on him and then he ends up going to Miami and he ends up becoming the Dan Marino? Yeah, let's not do that. This guy's right in our backyard. Let's make the move. And I think Kenny, Pickett's, uh, Kenny Pickett is better right now than either Mitchell Trubisky or Mason Rudolph. And by the way, that's a question for our buddy because... We know that Andre Ware really likes Kenny Pickett, and we also know he really likes Mitchell Trubisky. So we need to ask Dre, Dre, either or, take your pick. Kenny Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky, where are you going? That's oh, going to be a tough one for him to answer.
0: We'll get him on the show next week maybe. All right, so since you brought it up, actually I brought it up, Pittsburgh sandwich, Pramani Brothers yes. or Boston lobster roll from Legal Seafoods. Better oh. sandwich. What's better? Go.
2: Oh, it's a lobster roll. I, listen, Primanti Brothers is fantastic. I don't know if I told you a story back in 2014 when we went there. It, it stunk. The, the next time we were there it was 2020. It was COVID year. We had to stay in our rooms the whole time. Ugh. And I love the city of Pittsburgh. We had, a, we had a Monday night game. And so we got a chance. And when we ever had a night game on the road, I just get up in the morning and I just walk the city. So I walked to the Andy Warhol Museum. It was closed. I was so mad. And I just walked the city. I went to PNC Park. I took pictures with Stargell and Clemente, two of my favorites uh, growing up. And then I went to Primanti Brothers. There's one seat in the entire place. I'm like, I got to take it. I look to my right. It's Chris Jones. Jonesy was the only person I knew in there. And I just happened to sit right next to it. We could have never planned it that well. Either way, love the Primanti Brothers. Love it. It's a Pittsburgh institution. But you can give me a lobster roll all day, every day. And my son Jack just heard that. He just ran into the dining room. He's like, yes, dad, lobster roll. So, yes, lobster roll.
0: Going to be flying to Boston tonight. Who's better right now? Miami? Or New England, Dolphins went nine and eight last year after the horrendous start. New England went ten and seven, just one game better overall record. And the Dolphins just acquired the Cheetah, among other things. Who's better,
2: Dolphins or Patriots? Go. What you're asking me is who's better, Mac Jones or Tua Tagovailoa? Because if you went across the board and said weapons, it's Miami. There's no doubt. I mean, you kid me with Tyreek Hill and Mike Kosicki, tight end slash receiver, more receiver than tight end, and Jalen Waddell, and they signed Cedric Wilson, and they have Chase Edmonds in the backfield to go along with Miles Gaskin and uh, 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 Selva Ahmad, and they added Toronto Armstead left tackle. Are you kidding me? Miami's really talented. But do I believe in Tua tunga That's a different question. New England's not even close to being that talented. I'll give you Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, but – other than that, eh, whatever. I think the running backs are a little better in New England. Defensively, that's where I'm like, mm. I think Miami has pieces. I think Miami's got some really good pieces. I think Christian Wilkins up front is very, very good. I think Javon Holland is fantastic. Um, I, But beyond that, I don't know. Um, I think I would put my money on Miami just because Tua can just flip it out to Waddle or Tyreek and they'll do something. So okay. he may not have to be great down the field. I think you can just flip it out to those guys on bubbles and quick screens, smoke screens, and just get them the jet sweeps, push passes, all those kind of things, and it's got to be a six-inch pass, and those guys will take it and do something with it. And that should open some things up, I think. But I'll give Tua this. Tua had to listen almost an entire year of trade rumors. Oh, Miami's yeah. going to go get Deshaun. Miami's going to do this. Miami wants Deshaun. They want Deshaun. Oh, there's a, there's a deal made. And Tua just put his head down, and he worked, and he worked. Now, behind the scenes, who knows? He may have been... Complaining about it, not happy about it, but it had to impact him a little bit. But once he finally got the job back after our game, they ended up winning. I think what six eight, six nine down the stretch, whatever it was. He wasn't fantastic, but he started showing some things. And if they build off of that, and then year three, boom, away you go. And I go back to Drew Brees. Drew Brees when he got into the league in two thousand one struggled. Two thousand one, two thousand two, to a point where in the two thousand four draft they went and drafted Phillip Rivers because they were not convinced Drew Brees was a guy. And then all of a sudden. He becomes Drew Brees. Well, maybe that's what Tua Tongavailoa all that all that stuff was going on, and maybe Tua becomes the next version of Drew Brees. Who knows? But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the weapons in Miami being that much better than they are in New England, and that'll give Miami the
1: edge.
0: Well, the fact that there was any hesitation at all, I was gonna say is an indictment on Tua, but let's go this way. Mm-hmm. It's at least Indicative of the uncertainty around to uh, the yes. fact that they added everything they did and they have everything they have, but it's still like, well, I don't know if you're better than the Patriots. After they made that kind of investment on that side of the football in particular and only being one game less than the Patriots last year, 9-8 versus 10-7, and 7, and they beat the Patriots once, uh, twice, right? They swept them last year. Yeah. But we're still saying, well, I don't know. It's very interesting. And obviously, the Texans play the Dolphins at Miami this year. Johnny, one more. Who's better? Desmond Ritter, Bailey Zappi, our guy, Bailey, or Desmond Ritter. And I got a feeling you're going to say Desmond because you have him maybe going as high as 37 to a, a team we know well.
1: Maybe, or you're yeah, just I think.
0: Liking the idea.
2: I mean, I think the idea is now outside of the realm of possibility. You know, he's 6'4", 215. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's not Malik Willis, but then again, who is? He's mobile. He was an incredible leader at Cincinnati. He is inaccurate at times with the football because his footwork gets Uh-oh. all jacked up. Uh. But, but, he's mature. He's married. He has a son. He is a film rat. He is all the intangible things you want wrapped in one. And, oh, by the way, if things break down in the pocket, he can go. And I'm not opposed to that. I'm really I'm not opposed to that at all. And you know, what was the, the the buzzword the other day after the Sean trade was clarity. Well, last year going into training camp, the buzzword was competition. So you bring in some competition and you then you figure it out from there. And if and if Davis Bills and Desmond Ritter aren't the aren't the guys, well you'll probably be picking, picking pretty high in the twenty twenty three draft and then you can go get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Phil Dracovic, Will Rogers have gone through that list of guys already many, many times, so you can do that. But at number 37, I wouldn't be opposed to having Desmond Ritter, which makes me think, ah, probably not going to get there. We talked about Pittsburgh earlier, needing a quarterback at 20. Malik Willis isn't getting at 20, I can promise you that. Desmond Ritter might. And Pittsburgh might say, you know what? We're going to take maybe a more polished, less- a uh, gunslinger mentality, Desmond Ritter, than Malik Willis. And I will tell you right now, if they drafted Desmond Ritter, he would be QB1 by the time of week one over Mitchell Trubisky uh, and Mason Rudolph. Ooh, interesting.
0: Yes. Well, yes. this is going to be fun to follow. Bailey Zappi, by the way, Western Kentucky, 69% completion rate, 62, only 62 touchdown 62. passes yeah. last year. That's only 62. and 11 picks yeah not bad uh i know it's western kentucky but come on this is pretty good uh i'll give you you know 15 too many for inflation purposes it's still (laughs) a ton of touchdown passes all right next up McLean made fun of me for my usfl stuff with rule changes that they are implementing in this pro game and what could possibly go to the nfl i'll tell you what's going to go to the nfl and you tell me what the nfl will adopt out of these And the latest on overtime. It's coming up next on Texans Radio.
3: More Texans Radio is on the way. What destinations are on your financial checklist? A new home? A new savings account?
2: Whatever it may be, TDECU offers better ways to save and do more with your money. Join TDECU, the official credit union of the Houston Texans.
0: Ashley is proud to call Houston home. We believe your personal style makes your house a home. Discover incredible styles, selection, and quality at a price to fit any budget. Ashley has just the looks and options you need. Explore totally different styles and trends all in one place. Finding the perfect furniture and home decor makes it easy for you to create a home you love to live in. We have 12 Houston area locations to serve you.
2: Ashley, proud partner of the Houston Texans.
3: Texans Radio, the drive continues.
0: Yes, it does. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris keeping you company. On your way home or wherever you might be headed right now. Johnny, USFL, you heard some of these rule adjustments, changes, implementations. So defensive PI, 15 yards, or if it's flagrant, I don't have the wording in front of me. I would take it that if it's like the NBA equivalent, or the NFL equivalent of the NBA's clear path to the basket yes. kind of thing. If yes. you just take somebody down, obviously, that'll be a spot foul. Otherwise, if it's just a DPI, even though it's way downfield, 15-yard penalty. Thoughts on that one?
2: I like the egregious part of it because that's always something in um, in college football that in high school, shoot, I I taught it. Look, this dude beat you on a double move. You grab him. Just grab. Just tackle him. I don't care. I don't care if the whole other side boos and coach screams. I don't care. You get beat. You grab him. Well, you do that now, and it ends up being a spot foul. That's well, that's a big one. So, it. I hope it doesn't become one of those kind of crutches that they rely on. Um, But we've seen that before. You know, if a guy, if a if a referee's got to make a judgment call, like he's going to err on the side of. Probably not egregious, and so that's going to be kind of a a sticking point. But you know what? If for a league that, you know, it'll have some mojo just because it's a spring league and people want to see football seemingly all the time, for a league that's going to have some run early, it probably, dare I say this, it probably wouldn't be a horrible thing if there is some sort of controversial call based on an egregious pass interference that kind of gets everybody talking about the league four or five weeks in. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but you know, yeah. what do they say? The, the only bad press is no press. So, from that perspective, you know, maybe it gets, hey, man, I'm going to watch this and see how this kind of works out the next week, whatever the case might be. I don't know. I mean, I'll watch it because it's football. But there might be a lot of people that start talking about it because there may not be much going on. You're gonna talk about Kentucky Derby, or you're gonna talk about some controversial call that happened in the USFL because of this rule, and then oh man, should the NFL put that rule in? All that kind of stuff. So I think yeah. it could be kind of interesting with the egregious part and how that gets, uh, how that gets put out there. But uh, I like it. I like that. I I don't mind the overtime. I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> I I go. We were. I can't remember where we were flying to, but. It was before we took off last year on a Saturday, in Penn State and Illinois are playing overtime in in Happy Valley. Oh yeah, and they can't score from the two yard line. I mean, it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So I would. H- Here is my thing with overtime: if you gave if you gave both teams a possession, mm-hmm. then it needs to end after that, like score a touchdown, go for two. They score a touchdown, go whatever. It's got to end after one possession each way. Because watching that Penn state Illinois game is like, oh, my God. What if it's a tie? Back and forth. Then it's a tie. I don't know. Then, uh, then no, you no, kissed no, your no, sister. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't know. Or at that point, maybe you go sudden death. I don't know. Maybe, maybe bring that in. What
0: but about, all know. right, so the USFL one is you get three shots from the two each. Right. And the best of is going to win it. Do they keep going until they have a winner? On I think it becomes sudden
2: death after that. So if they say they each score you know, touchdowns on three straight plays, then I think it becomes a sudden death like the Penn State-Illinois game uh, where, they go, where they go back and forth. And mm-hmm. that just – if the offenses are bad, like Penn State and Illinois were last year, then that, that could, could just forever. drag they, on. In the NFL,
0: so. it's, it's going to go. All right, what about this? I don't like this at all. You can go for three after a touchdown. So you can go for one with a kick, two with the two-point conversion traditionally, or you can go for three if you put it in the end zone from the 10-yard line after a okay. touchdown. I don't like that at all. So you get nine points. You're down nine mm-hmm. late in the game or let's say you're up nine, you're facing a hot quarterback, you happen to allow a touchdown, that kind of stinks. I mean, it's good for them. It's good for the offense that you have Patrick Mahomes at the 10-yard line with a chance to just sling it into the end zone. All of a sudden, it's a tie game. Or they decided to go for three instead of two and win on that.
2: Nah, I don't like the three. I don't
0: like it. I, I like I the like one of the two. It's cheap. The one of the two cheap. is,
2: yeah, the three just seems to me like you spent 58 minutes playing like, playing horribly and then you could get back in it with you're down nine you get back in it with a drive and a 10 point touchdown or a 10 10 yard touchdown Uh, oh no 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 i i don't i mean now it's not easy to score from 10 yard line because it gets condensed and it's it's tough but still i don't you get a hot quarterback and he's ripping them in there i mean think about that when we played the colts in 2018 we were up we were up eight so they still had to score and score two can you imagine if they decided at that point everybody's gassed and Andrew Luck decides to take one rip from the tent to win it? I mean, that yeah. would have just been a horrible nah, – uh-uh. ones or twos, I'm fine with. No threes. The threes get kicked through. Mm-hmm. Ones and twos are either kicked or scored. I'm good either way.
0: No, I think it's good for the USFL, though. It's spring football, TV, make it entertaining as possible. That's yeah. great. Not exactly. for the NFL. And another one not for the NFL. I know we got to go here, but fourth and 12 – uh, it, deep in your own end instead of the onside kick. All right? So there's no onside kick, safety, whatever, low percentage. You get a 4th and 12 opportunity uh, if you want, if you're down. I don't like that at all. No thank you.
2: I do like it. I've I like it if I'm it. down. I, 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 don't yeah. want it.
0: I don't want it in the league. I don't want it in I the league I think 4th and
2: twelve's too easy, though. I think it's got to be 4th like and 15. Yeah. I mean, just uh, amp it up 4th and 15, then it – okay. Uh, but I, I like that. I, I have – Mark, I have never liked the onside kick. I just Mm -hmm. have never, I've never liked it. Um, I was the hands guy on our onside kick way, way, way back in the day. And I would always have to draw up onside kicks. I'm like, man, this kid's going to get killed. It's just, it's not, I don't, I've never liked the (laughs) onside kick at (laughs) all. Don't like it. Um, So I don't mind this at all, but move it back. Fourth and 15 is much better.
0: All right, there's always stuff to react to. We'll react to more of it tomorrow. National Football League free agency season continues. Texans still have plenty of cap room and money, or that's the same thing, really, and spots (laughs) on the roster, I was going to say, in order to make some moves here. And obviously the draft is a little over a month away. Plenty to talk about on tomorrow's program. Six o'clock Texans All Access. Keep it locked in here, as always, on Sports Radio 610. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Chris, for producing. Have a great night. Go Texans.
3: This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio six ten. Teachers and parents, are you
1: looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans, Toro, and Conoco Phillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids' School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills. Presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans!